Amen. Thank you, sir. How we doing? Everybody good? Happy New Year to you. Hillsong KC, it's great to see you in church. You made a great decision. Honored that you would come out. I believe God's got great things in store for us as a church family and for you as an individual. Amen. Hey, can we greet the plaza right now as we're linking up as one big family? How about those men at Lansing Correctional Facilities? Our first full year of doing church there. That's pretty awesome. There's a team there right now loving on those guys and speaking hope for their future. And, uh, we're excited. Some things that we're going to collaborate with Lansing in the very near future to really take care of their families the best that we can as they might be in that position, but we're in a position to help their families as well. It's awesome. And how about everybody online? Hey, we're still glad you tuned in. I get it. It's cold. I woke up today. It was four degrees. On my drive here, though, it was seven degrees. God's doing a miracle. It's a slow miracle. Anyways, you guys can grab your seats. It's good to have you here. We got 52 Sundays this year. You know, we have that every year, but this year, 52 Sundays. Here's the first one. 1.92% of your Sundays are happening right now. But this one... I think it's special. It's significant because it's first. First is a big deal to God. Priority, first. It's a big deal in scripture. Anytime you see something mentioned for the first time, there's significance attached to it. So I believe there's significance that you're here. I think it's significant that you're tuning in. You had every reason that you could have stayed at home today from COVID issues to frigid cold, to the Chiefs, you know, beating Cincinnati. There's one just so brave fan right here in his Cincinnati Bengals gear. It's what I believe about predestination sometimes changes in moments like this. Just kidding. But you're here, and you're here for a purpose. What is the purpose of heaven for your year like? No hype, no cap. I believe this can be, this can be, and, and I believe it will be, the best year of your life. Now, is COVID going away? Doesn't seem like it. Is the economy thriving? Doesn't look that way. Is there reason for optimism in your life based upon natural circumstances? I don't know, I hope so, but I do believe it can be the very best year of your life because you have control of one thing. We can't control the world around us. We can't control the, the government or the economy or COVID, but we can control one thing. That's the exercise of our will to pursue the will of God. That's our heart. In other words, your spiritual life dictates your life and you have the keys to your spiritual life. You get to make the decision of what do I want my life to look like this year when it comes to pursuing the presence of Jesus, when it comes to listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, when it comes to walking your life with the full counsel of the Word of God. In other words, the Bible can be the authority in your life if you choose for it to be so. So I don't know what daily decisions that you might need to make, but here we are at the very beginning. It is the first Sunday of the first week of a brand new year, and your best spiritual year will be your best year because your spiritual life is your 
decision. I don't know what the last two years have looked like for you. For me, uh, it's been filled with a lot of good things. We've had a baby. We got a new dog. Now we have two dogs. I don't know what we were thinking, but we do. There's been some good things. I've seen God show up. Uh, there's some exciting, amazing things I'm going to share next week with us as we kind of kick off this new season for us as a church. God's been doing awesome things. There's well over a thousand people that gave their hearts to Jesus. And since we've reopened out of COVID, that's worth celebrating. Good things. But I know there's also been some difficult days, days of uncertainty, days of distress, days uh, for many people, sickness or, or fear, anxiety. But you do still hold the key of your lasting hope that is in Jesus. You get to choose what will your spirit, your inside world pursue. And let me tell you right now, for Hillsong, Kansas City, if you just show up every once in a while, maybe you're brand new and I'm just the preacher today, that's great. It's an honor to get to speak God's word to you. But if I am your pastor, if I get that honor of helping shepherd you into the wide open spaces God's prepared for you, let me tell you what we're gonna be about this year at Hillsong, Kansas City. It is God's first in every area of our life. We will always be a place that welcomes the weary. We'll always have the heart of welcome home for those that are looking to find faith, to looking to find Jesus in this hurting world, but we will also make it extremely uncomfortable this year for believers in this house to stay complacent and stuck. We are not reliving the last year of your life spiritually. We are going to a new frontier of faith where God goes first in everything. And at the end of the year, my life will look more like Jesus than it does today. So don't end this year worse off than you started it. We can make the decision to kick it off the right way. And we're going to start looking at who do we want to be, or more important than who we want to be, who are we called to be at the end of this year? Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8. Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. I like what the message says. Endings are better than beginnings. Sticking to it is better than standing out. Oh, Pastor Kyle, that's weird. You're starting the year off with a, a scripture on ending. I know last week uh, I spoke online only. How many were grateful? I was grateful to have a Sunday at home on Christmas. The day after Christmas was awesome. But last week I talked about shutting down our year by ending with the beginning in mind. But I, with the clean slate, want to speak today about beginning, how to begin with the end in mind. In other words, who do I want to be? Who am I called to be? What will my life look like 12 months from today? And I know we have all these hopes of all the change we want to see, and I hope you have big resolutions. I'll talk about that in a moment. But more than anything, that you would have an inner resolve that at the end of the year, you look more like Jesus, you sound more like Jesus, you love more like Jesus, you live your life and lead others closer to Jesus, that you would look end of next this year stepping into next year with a life that is drastically different than the one you started we're not just a little hope for a better year no no no. a god's best year as we begin this year with the end in mind because you can't see the struggles outside or what's ahead of you I mean, no one saw what's happened the last two years no one saw that coming but god has already prepared a place called victory for your life inside right now no matter what we're facing on the outside do you believe that yeah. 
Would you join me in prayer? Come on, let's get our hearts ready to hear from God because I've got something prepared and I, I know it will speak to you because it's filled with scripture and scripture produces life and change and makes us more like Jesus. But however, you need to hear from heaven for yourself this year, amen? Let's pray. Come on, Plaza, everyone. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. Here we are at the beginning, giving you our first, and we're going to give you our best. Lord, we're believing for a year that is filled with more mountaintop experiences with you than, than valleys. But Lord, through it all, we're trusting in you. God of heaven, we thank you that you're with us, that you're for us. And we're choosing right now as a church family, every individual, every married couple, every family, that God, you get to go first this year in every area, and every facet of our life. Lord, I pray peace, provision, and blessing, and favor would crown our year in Jesus' mighty name. Change us from the inside out today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Begin with the end in mind. I think peace and joy are in your future. Hope and healing is in your future. I believe blessing and favor can be in your future, and your future starts right now. Because what you put first determines your direction. And I'm proud of you as a church family, those that are leaning in, those that are even tuning in today, that you've decided that the priority of my life is to put time in God's word and attention to his voice. I'm gonna lean in to what God is saying. I'm gonna listen to what he is speaking. But if we want to end differently, we might need to start a little differently. Because doing the same thing over and over again, you've heard this before, expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. But as believers, we kind of believe some crazy things. We believe that God is speaking. We believe that God is speaking to everyone, but God is also speaking to every single one of us. We believe that God is leading, that he has a place. We're not just victims of our own decisions and the circumstances of this life. No, we have some choices to make, and we're going to choose God. And he has a, a path for us. And we also believe that life is hard, that there are difficulties in life. Uh, Jesus doesn't, uh, doesn't get that twisted. He says, hey, in this life, you're going to have difficulties, but we can actually be of good cheer because he's already overcome this world and greater is he that is in us than anything that's in this world. But we also have to make some decisions, not to just repeat the year that we've had before, because although like listening and obeying God might seem like insanity to the world around us, we're not of this world that we've been saved in this world, positioned in this world to bring change and salvation to the world around us. We don't think it's insanity to listen and obey God. We think it's a necessity that leads us to this place called destiny, and our future starts right now. Who do we want to be? Who are we called to be at the end of the year begins today? In this resolution week, and how many people uh, have written a resolution out? Come on. How, how many people have made a few? I've made a few. I wrote a little booklet out this week. Uh, I wrote down some things that I'm believing for, uh, some things I feel like God is asking of me. And now we all know the stats that by 30 days from now, 86% of other people's resolutions, not yours, of everyone else's resolutions are going to be dead in the water. But we believe that we have something greater than just willpower. We've got a grace of God that's on our life. And But to get the grace of God on our life when it comes to our decisions, our resolutions, it has to have more than just willpower. We need to have vision. Vision is a difference maker in your destiny. In other words, I have a picture 
of who I am becoming. I have a decision that I'm making called destiny that I'm walking in based upon what I am looking at. So if you're just looking at your resolution and then gritting your teeth and trying to get your willpower, you might accomplish some good things. You might have some good disciplines in order, but to get to destiny, you need a bigger picture. You need to get up a little higher and hear what heaven is saying and see what God is wanting to show you. Some of us have never had the voice of heaven resonating in our hearts. And I want to tell you, this is your year to hear from heaven for yourself if you would desire it, if you would lean into it. Because if your resolution isn't, isn't driven by God passion, then it's going to be something that culture is just giving you pressure to become. See, God-given passion of who you're called to be, uh, that, that's what drives and motivates us to the ministry that God has for us in the world around us, to the, the family that he's called us to build, to the marriage that we're strengthening, is that it's a, it's a passion for pursuing God and God's best in our life and in our world. Or if we don't have that God vision, then we're just getting pressured by culture to, to try to change, to be like somebody else. You will not be like somebody else and fulfill your destiny. You have a unique purpose under heaven that God has prepared just for your life. You don't need to live in someone else's house or drive someone else's car or have someone else's body or have someone else's abs or have anything else. That is not what motivates you. You have a mission from heaven. And yes, you can do some planks and you can diet this year. And please, for the love of your future, quit smoking. But we're not here just to be driven by the pressure of culture. We're driven by this thing called eternity. And how we live in the here and now with a God vision gets us to the place where God has called us to go. Better is an ending than the beginning. Who are you called to be at the end of this year? And from that God vision, from that future that we're perceiving and God is speaking, in January, it is our time to pursue the voice of God. More than just exercising our willpower, we need to do that as well. We want God's supernatural power, his grace, to motivate us to be the man or woman of God that we're called to be so that when we finish this trip around the sun, we're more like Jesus. I could have said more like the sun, but that was too cheesy, even for me. Well, when we get a picture of who God's called us to be, then from that place, we can retro-engineer our daily decisions and our steps and our disciplines to pursue this thing called destiny. Because, friends, he has a plan for your 2022. It's a plan to prosper you and to give you hope and to have an expected end and to make you more like Jesus and even do the miraculous through your life. Yes, there are going to be some difficulties in your future this year. We've all experienced it for the last 24 months. And yet God is still on the throne. He's still faithful. He's still at work. And his calling for your life is still in play. You know, on Christmas... Um, uh, Christmas Eve, I thought that I had already built uh, all the difficult things to build for my kids. Uh, two days before, I actually bragged about it on Christmas Eve that I was done with all of like my Santa's little helper things that I needed to do. But I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I had one last thing to build. And, and from the box, it didn't look like it was going to be that hard. But it was a complex build. Uh, it had one page of microscopic instructions. It had words that were, I think, supposed to be in English, but everything was blurry because it was printed poorly. 
I had to go online and get an engineering degree from DeVry before I could finish. I needed the Rosetta Stone to translate this thing. Even though I had a picture, it was really poorly illustrated. And I didn't have all the words. I couldn't read what it was saying, so I really didn't have a clue. So I was up till almost three in the morning on Christmas. I w Santa had come and gone by the time I went to bed. But the truth is, like, I, it was so fuzzy that I, I couldn't put it all together, even though I had a picture. And some of you, that's the way that you live your life. You got a little bit of a vision. You got a little bit of instructions. But God is not, the Bible says, the author of confusion. He says he's the author and the finisher of your faith. In other words, he doesn't give you vague details that you have to determine where things go and take all your time and energy trying to piece it together. But in this pursuit of him, he will show you piece by piece how to build and be built by him, by his grace to the person that you're called to become. He gives us a picture or a vision. He's given us his word, the Holy Scripture, and he's given us his voice the Holy Spirit and all those things work together so that God can get to work on us so that we can become the person that he's called us to be the instructions just aren't that complex I'm not saying it's easy I'm just saying it's not that complex Jesus makes it real clear in Matthew 6 if you will just seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness or his ways of doing things then everything that you really need will be put into order. If you want a life that's well-ordered, it starts with the place of priority. If we want to, like, end this year, if we want to begin this year with the end in mind, we, we got to have a clear picture. And we have to have ears to hear what heaven is saying. And we have to have the voice of the Holy Spirit working and speaking and directing our steps. If not, we're going to be up all year trying to put this thing together. When God knows exactly how your life and your year and your destiny is to be built, and he doesn't do it in a confusing way. Everything you need is added when you have this place of priority. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, which if you ever graduated from high school or college, your parents wrote this in your Bible. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding." Can we just have a year where we don't have to have it all figured out, but want this one thing we have desired, decided on ahead of time is that whatever God says goes, that God, if you're asking of something, the answer is yes, that God, if you want first, it's already yours. We're not going to depend on our own understanding, but we're going to seek his will in all that we do. And then in that place of pursuit, he will show you which path to take. And if we just live down to the chaos and the confusion of this world, we will not end this year becoming more like Jesus. We will actually probably be worse off than we started. And yet God does not want to speak to us with riddles and rhymes. He wants to give us a clear picture of who we're called to be. We see this in the book of Habakkuk because God gives us the ending, the goal, the, the picture of his will and his way of working. In Habakkuk 1, he, he asks a question from God. In Habakkuk 3, he gets the answer. But Habakkuk 2, in the middle ground between needing an answer from God and receiving an answer. In other words, needing God to show up, wanting to know God's will, and then walking in God's will. He has some decisions that he makes. God actually gives him clear direction. He says, if you want to get to the end, this is where you need to begin. If you want to get to what I'm saying, 
and see how I'm working and what I want to declare to my people. This is where you need to position yourself. Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, I will climb up into my watchtower now. And the prophet says, and wait to see what the Lord will say to me and how he will answer my concern, my problem, my question, my issue, give me direction. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer in large, clear letters so that a runner can read it and tell everyone else. But these things I plan won't happen right away. How many people that ever followed Jesus for more than 10 days, no, that's normally the way that it works. The plan of God, although it can happen in a moment and miraculous, doesn't happen very often right away. It says slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. And if it seems slow, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Well, if it isn't happening, isn't that a delay? Not according to the destiny of heaven for your life. Because God operates outside of time and yet is right in the middle of your issue in the here and now. And he is building something better for your future. And he just takes a little bit of time. And yet he says, hey, Habakkuk, if you want to get to, to, to see what I want to show you, if you want to hear what I want to say to you, if you want to see the future and the will that I prepared for you, if you want to get the vision, I need you to get out of the low place and come up a little higher. I need you to exercise your will if you want to get my will, and I want you to climb up in this watchtower, and I want you to wait there, and I want you to keep looking and keep perceiving, because I'll start revealing and when I reveal it, I need you to write it down. And even though you have it and you're holding on to it and you're believing it's going to come to pass, you still have to wait for it because I'm working something greater. We've got to start with the end in mind. If we need to make some in-game decisions before we get to next year and have the same resolutions that we had the year before, let's all get some inner resolve that we want God's way to work in our world this year. And this year, we're going to start the year with who we are believing to become by the end of the year. We're starting with the, the end in mind. I want you to write this down. Direction will follow desire. Direction follows desire. In other words, you have to have a desire. If you want to go God direction, it starts with an inner desire that I want more of him. And I want to see more of him at work in my life and in my world. You will always go towards what you desire the most. How many know that's true? Like if you got a diet that you kicked off this year, I have not kicked off a diet. I have kicked all the carbs and calories into my life, not out of my life. But as we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting, it is a time in the calendar all year where we don't do this out of religious duty or obligation. We just believe we need a word from heaven that we cannot function just on our own ability. Just like Jesus in his time of prayer and fasting says, I can't, I can't just live on bread alone. I want my life to be sustained by what God is saying. Uh, if I'm going to fulfill my destiny, i got to have some desire to pursue him. And then when I start pursuing him with my desire, then I'm going to get God direction. In other words, you, you have to desire to hear his voice, and you have to care if you're going to climb up. 
Habakkuk could have just stayed in the low place and missed everything that God was showing, everything that God was saying, everything God needed him to write down. And notice it was actually to tell other people. How many know that your God best life isn't just about your blessing and your breakthrough upon yourself? It's about to carry the mission and the message of Jesus to the world around us. And if you want change, you have to want God. Not just God bless what I'm working on. Not just God get to work on my life. I do believe he's such a good father who gives perfect gifts that he cares deeply about the things you care about and he wants to get to work in the rough spots or the broken places of your life. I believe he will change you and even bless you, but we're not after just more blessing. We're after God's best, which means we wanna become more like him. We're after becoming more like Jesus. And if you, don't, if you won't hear God if, if you don't have a desire, it's amazing to me how two people I say this probably a couple times a year, but it, it baffles me how I could talk to two people in our church who are going through the same issue and the same situation. And I preach a message on it like a week before or in the coming weeks. And I sit down and I talk with them or I connect with them. And one of them got a hold of the word and worked it into their life and begin to do the things that God was asking of them, and they're starting to see change and starting to see growth. Another person heard the same exact word, the same exact message, and yet didn't apply it at all. In other words, they did not attach their desire to what God was saying and what God was speaking, and they stay in the same place. The Bible talks about a, a stony heart. In other words, it's so beaten down or trampled on, or are so filled with worries and concerns that it cannot receive the thing that produces growth and change. So if we can be the kind of people that want something from God and believing for God's best in our life and we actually choose to have desire, it will then lead us to a place of direction that leads us to a place called destiny. Look at the life of King David in Psalms 85. He says, I want to hear what God the Lord says. David also in Psalms 40, my God, I want to do what you want. I believe that God loves to speak to people that have already said yes to his will. They've made the decision that whatever direction God is gonna lead, my desire is to go where he is sending me. I'm gonna already say yes. In other words, I'm writing a blank check called obedience to whatever God says. That is the kind of heart and ear that God will deposit his voice and his best in. So how serious are you about having a God year in 2022. I don't know about you, I don't want a Groundhog's Day experience again. I feel like we are stuck in a continual cycle of, of, of fear and phobia, delays and shutdowns and lockdowns, but can I tell you right now, it doesn't matter what is happening in the culture around you, heaven is still speaking, God is still working. God is still planning something beautiful, powerful, and poignant for your life to pursue, but you've got to have that desire, and no one could do it for you. What kind of year do you want in 2022? I hope with, with all my heart that you desire a God here. Not that it would just be nice to have more of God, but it is a necessity for you to hear from heaven for yourself. In the, in the Bible, God, God spoke over David and said, David, you're a man after my own heart. And was he perfect? Far from it. But David had desire. 
He was passionate about hearing God. To him, it wasn't something that was nice. It was a necessity for his life. He wrote things like, like a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. In other words, I am thirsty in this life unless, God, you are my satisfaction and my supply. And I believe because David wanted to hear from God more seemingly than anybody else, that God began to speak to him and favor him more than anybody else because direction follows desire. And get some tenacity at the beginning of your year. I realize it's two degrees outside, but fire up your inside flame that I am going to have a God year. And as far as it depends on me, I am pursuing and pushing into the presence of the living God. I'm going to let my desire for him dictate the direction of my life. You know, the Chiefs are going to be tough to beat uh, at Arrowhead in the playoffs as we secure the number one seed in the next two weeks. We have home field advantage you know, it's the same rules, whether you're playing at Arrowhead or Foxborough, it's the same rules. It's the same players. It's the same team. It's the same game. But there is like a fan factor that produces a home field advantage. There's just something contagious about when people add energy and excitement and cheer and shout and scream, which for some of you, you need to bring some of that arrowhead excitement into the house of God every once in a while. But the fan factor is, is, is real. And this is why I think when you start adding your energy and your expectation and your excitement, and we're not just fans of God, we're followers of Jesus that we're passionate about the one who was passionate about us. This is why I think it's also good for being in collaboration. This is why I think local church is a necessity for your destiny, is that when we all add our energy together in January, this isn't you just trying to find your own way. Yes, you need to hear from heaven for yourself, but this is all of us at the kickoff of the year. As we fast and as we pray, we are adding our collective energy and passion and praise and pursuit that there's just something like a hope and field advantage that begins to bring in the house of God that we get to do this together. But listen, as passionate as I can be and as excitable as I can get, I can't cheer for you and I can't hear for you. I can't manufacture God momentum in your life if you're not willing to join in the journey. You gotta desire it for yourself. He says, I will climb to my watchtower. I'm, I'm going up. I'm not staying down here, he says in Habakkuk 2. Listen, you do not hear God in the low places of ordinary, but in the elevated places of priority. You will not hear God in the low places of ordinary, but in the elevated places of priority. We, we, in other words, you gotta get some distance from the distractions and, and the day-to-day -day life if you're gonna have discernment. What's the will of God for your life? I know this about the will of God. It says it's good, pleasing, and perfect. In other words, it's a perfect plan. It's good for you. It's pleasing in your life. But I do not know the specific will of God for your life apart from you're supposed to look more like Jesus at the end of this season than you did at the beginning. I don't know what that looks like for your marriage. I don't know what, I know what maybe the fruit of the Spirit would look like in your life, but I don't know exactly what God has for your career or the raising of your kids. I don't know what he has for your inside world. I don't know all the things that he's speaking to you, but you can know that for yourself, but you will not find that in a place called ordinary. You're gonna have to learn to get some distance so that you can get discernment. Because you cannot hear clearly in your regular routine. Luke chapter five, verse 16 says, Jesus 
often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Is anyone else ever like just baffled by the fact that God in the flesh, the incarnate one, Jesus, had daily disciplines? And it wasn't just to show us how to do it. It was a necessity to his destiny as well. Some of us need to rediscover the lost art of isolation. Now I realize some of us have been in the global pandemic shutdown, but how many know you could be all by yourself and still filled with tons of concerns, busy and noise, as, noise, as noisy as any other situation in your life has ever experienced? And some of you, that's exactly what happened. You were working at home and you weren't going out, and yet there wasn't that place of pursuit that wasn't that opportunity to eliminate distractions so that you can get discernment of what God was saying. We need to find that lost art of isolation again because Jesus, who was God, often withdrew to a lonely place so he could just be with God. So when we fast and when we pray, we are not on a hunger strike to hear from heaven. God is already speaking. What we're doing is eliminating distractions so we can get discernment. What we're doing is getting out of the ordinary so we can discover destiny. What we're doing is to get a voice or a word from God that we cannot get in our daily work, but we have to let God do a work in us as we get away from the distractions of this world around us. So next Sunday night, as we kick off, listen, it's 21 days of prayer, and it's seven days of fasting, but it can be 21 days of fasting. It can be 365 days of fasting for all I care for you. But what I'm desiring for all of us is that we would at least take one week together. I'm gonna be in a fasted mindset, uh, honestly, starting this week all the way to the end of the month. But for you, I'm asking everyone in the church, everyone that says, this is my home, this is my house, this is where I belong, this is where I'm planted, we're gonna take seven days and we're stripping out all the noise. I wanna encourage you to take your fast past the place that you've done before. Just one step beyond. So some of you, it's just been a social media fast. Okay, that's great, because that's a distraction, it can be a noise in your life, but let's maybe give up some meals. Let's maybe give up some things that are kind of ordinary in our life so that we can experience the extraordinary. Let's maybe find out what it looks like for you to have that art of isolation, not so you're just alone and quiet by yourself. No, so that you can quiet the noises and be alone with God. This is why Jesus withdrew so that he could get out of all the people that needed him, wanted him, had plans for him, and so he could get the plan of heaven for his life. So we're gonna practice the priority as we head into a new frontier. I mean, seven days is not that long for us to strip away some things so that we can secure what God is wanting to say. And we got prayer, team prayer. I'd encourage you, don't just do the fast. We're doing fasting and prayer. And we want you praying every day, which I know you should already be praying every day, but we're gonna put a priority on praying together every day. But multiple times in the week, uh, Wednesday nights, Saturday mornings, we're gonna be praying together and we're gonna pray with some fervency and some fire so that God can do something in Kansas City and beyond that he's been wanting to do for generations. Why not this year and why not right now? So we get distance so that we can get discernment. Jesus says this in Matthew 6 from the message, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. In other words, can we just get out of the religious baggage and masks that we wear and we just get a quiet and alone with God just to be there simply and honestly as you can manage. 
and the focus will shift from you to God. And then you'll begin to sense his grace. Listen, if we don't learn to distance ourselves from the noise of this broken world, we will not make it the distance and see God's best in our lives. You gotta learn to, in this world that's so crazy, it is so vital that you learn how to settle your emotions and your mind so that your spirit, the most important part of you, your spirit man, can connect with the Holy Spirit. This is why we strip away. Habakkuk says, I will climb. It also says, I will wait. I'm not just going up for a moment, not just pursuing God for one week. No, I'm, I'm willing to wait on what God says. In the NIV, it says, I will station myself there. In other words, I'm not moving from this place until God, you move. So I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know for me, uh, I'm just deciding that, that until I get my word and what God is wanting to say into my life this year, I'm gonna be stationed in his presence. I'm putting a high priority. I'm, yeah, I'm still gonna be a dad and a husband and a pastor and, and, and lead the charge here at the church. But in any extra and time I've got, I'm carving out as much as I can and I'm stationing myself really at the feet of Jesus. I would pray that you would join me, all of us on this journey. We're climbing up with a desire and a, a, a pursuit of the will of God for our life. And we're limiting distractions so we can get discernment. And then we're learning to, to wait, to stay planted. I believe you're gonna experience what it says in Psalms 1, that those that are planted, like the, 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 the people that do God's will and, and follow God's ways are like a person who's a tree planted by rivers of living water. That no matter what the climate of the culture of the world around you is, you have fruit in every season. The power of being planted or stationing yourself. Why is it important just to stay in that moment, to stay in that place? Because I think hurry is the death of prayer. And many times we, we, we trade activity for God. In other words, what we're doing for God, how we're serving God, how we're giving to God, all those things are wonderful and should be a priority of life, but we, we're trading activity for God and replacing it when it should be intimacy with God as our priority. You can know God more than you do right now. And he wants to know you. Think about this. So blow your mind. If you really think about it, God says to you, Jesus says, I don't call you servants. You're not just peons to me. You're not even a problem to me. I call you friend. Friendship with God. And if you can't say today that I have a friendship with God, that is your starting point. That we're gonna get into his presence let him speak to us. We're gonna perceive what his will is, what he's wanting to do in us and through us. And we're gonna grow in intimacy with him. We're gonna end this season, 21 days, and then the end of the year with growing in our friendship with God. It says in Psalms 46, to be still and know that I am God. In other words, I've gotta to learn to be still to really know who he is. So we have a desire that pushes in in a direction that we're headed. We learn to disconnect so that we can have discernment. And then, like we learned from Habakkuk, we have to stay dedicated even during the delays. Not everything God is going to do in your life is gonna happen in January. Not everything that God is wanting to do will even happen in 2022. But the seeds that will secure, the destiny that God has designed for you will be planted in seasons like this. Everything that God wants to do in your future start when we find him 
we receive direction and discernment, we give him a heart's desire, and then we stay dedicated even what seems like a delay, but God's gonna be right on time. He says in a back of two, you gotta look to see what he will say to me. In other words, I gotta keep that picture of who he's called me to become even when I don't see progress. He says, I'm gonna give you the answer you want. You gotta write it down and you need to write it down clearly what I'm gonna reveal to you. And so Habakkuk learns to listen. He learns to wait. He learns to watch and he writes it down. I think you should write down some big God goals and desires for your life. Write down some things that you know you have to do this year. Write down some things that, that you need to do. Write down some things that you want to do. I would write down a few things that you cannot do in your own ability or power. Leave some margin for the miraculous in your life mission this year. Habakkuk 2 says, put these things, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision, the God vision for your life will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. How many feel like you're in a delay season? Let's just be honest. How many feel like there's something in your life it seems like it just hasn't happened yet. God doesn't see it as a delay season. He knows in his infinite wisdom and huge heart for you that what he has planned is right on time. What he has planned, might, you might see it as delay, something you thought would happen in 2020 or 2021, hasn't happened yet. God, but in God's plan, it's right on time. Are there delays almost Always, even though I am a big believer in miracles in the moment, and we contend for a move of God in the moment, but for the most of our lives, what we're going to experience is what feels like a delay to us, but God says that's not a delay. That's my timing being rolled out, planned out for the perfect plan I desire for you, because God is not going to be late in your life. He is forging something in you, working a bigger picture, doing something through you. The Bible talks about in the fullness of time, that Jesus came in the perfect time. Galatians 4, when the set time occurred, when the time had fully come, he sent Jesus, the fullness of time. And so what we learn to find in seasons like this in our January, as we're believing for a new frontier that God has desired for us as a church, for you as an individual, for you as a married couple, for, for your family. We believe there's a new frontier for us, but what we've learned in this season is that we're gonna put God first. We're gonna have a desire to pursue his presence. We're gonna strip away the distractions so we can get discernment. And we're gonna learn to wait and to watch and to write and to listen while he's still working because we believe he's working something together for our good and for his plan. In the fullness of time, and I believe this, God will keep you full, full of joy, full of hope, full of peace, full of assurance, full of strength, full of grace before your time for the breakthrough, for the provision, for the answer comes to pass. But make no doubt about it. If you give God the time right now, your time will come. How many of you just wanna receive that in your life right here, right now? It says, I'm believing that I'm gonna give God the time he desires. I'm gonna give God the attention that he deserves. I'm gonna give God my first and my best, but I believe that my time is coming. But in the meantime, 
We already have the picture of who we're becoming. We have Jesus. And if we're waiting while, while he's still working, we can do what it says in Hebrews 12. We can run with endurance. How do we do it? Well, he's already given us Jesus by keeping our eyes on Jesus. He who begin this thing, will end this thing. Who set this plan, will fulfill this plan. He who designed a destiny for you, will bring it to pass. When the fullness of time comes, he who is the author is also the finisher of our faith. So yes, we're gonna run with his endurance. Yes, we're gonna experience some delays, but God does not call it a delay. He calls it your development of you becoming more like Jesus. This is your year. We are starting the year with the end in mind. Come next year, this time next year, you will look more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, love people more like Jesus, because together we're becoming more like Jesus. It's a God-destined year for you. I know there will be adversity in your future. It's the world we live in. But good thing, we're not fully of this world. We've been brought into a family of faith. We've been giving a lasting hope. And although we might be facing adversity, although we, we might be in what it feels like a delay, it is actually a season where God is designing something greater. We're going after the greater. On the plaza up north, will you stand to your feet? I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray, I'm praying for miracles in this moment, but more than anything, I would pray that you would be motivated, not by my message, but by the stirring and drawing of the Holy Spirit to keep moving towards God's voice, to keep pursuing and desiring Him, that you learn to climb up to this place a little higher than the normal in your watchtower, and you're gonna look to see what God says, and you're gonna write it down, and you're gonna hold on to it, and you're gonna believe it, and even if you have to hope against all hope, that you're gonna hold on to hope, knowing that the time is coming. Even when it doesn't happen right away, God's plan will happen right on time. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you that you brought us here today, the very beginning of our year, and we're giving you our first, we're giving you our hearts, we're giving you our attention, we're actually giving you our dreams and desires. Yes, we are asking some things of you, but more than anything, we're asking you to speak to us. What do you have in store for us, your children, your people? So from the, the very beginning, we say, God, you get to go first. God, what do you want from us? What do you have for us? God, we're willing to climb a little higher. We desire you, closeness with you, more than just any answered prayer in the here and now. But Lord, we believe that despite any delay or even seasons of frustration, that in the fullness of time, you have a plan that will prevail. Let the plan of heaven prevail in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. And let's start this year like we want to end it. Let's just take a few moments right where we're at on the plaza, even online at your own home at Lansing, right here up north. Let's just begin to praise him ahead of time for the thing we're believing for to come to pass at the end of the year. Come on. How many want to celebrate some good things in God at the end of the year? Let's start with praise. Let's start with worship. Let's start with saying thank you, God, for what you've already done. Thank you, God. I'm already here. It's a brand new year, and you're the same great God, and you've got great things in store. Come on, let's worship him.